Welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann. I would like to extend my gratitude to you. I know there's a lot of podcasts. I know this one isn't even that good. I know many of you only come here when there's scoop, but for whatever the reason, I'm damn glad you're here. The numbers are popping right now and good things are happening. That's because of you. Now, if you're a listener, you get to listen every Wednesday, like Tuesday night, super late actually. And I do it that way for my friends who work nights. So they kind of have something fresh to listen to, right? So comes out on all listening platforms. Then Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I drop this episode, the video component on my YouTube channel. We sit in the chat. So I load it as a YouTube live premiere, which means the video appears, which people do think is live. And I'm in the chat live, which I think is strange that people would think that I'm chatting and tech, but, but okay. Uh, and we sit there and it's a great time. And it's also a great way for you. If you're new, if you just discovered my podcast, I'm going to assume you didn't just discover me. Many people know me from many ways, whether it was a Google relationship with a search or something I've now become that friend in your ear that you have known for a large majority of your life, and maybe I kind of slipped away, and you didn't really know what I was doing, and now you're here, go back and catch up on my YouTube channel. All of my podcasts are there. That gives you a great chance to kind of also look through what are you interested in? Do you love to read? I try to bring on an author at least once a month. Are you into sports, fantasy sports, sports betting? You can go back to my July, August, September. I really gave us some really robust conversation in that space. And so I try to like mix it up. But we're back to back on solo episodes because I got a lot to say. And I had a little bit of time off in between to really think about it. So our last episode was the incident, the, as my one friend on social media said, the misadventure. I love that word. The misadventure that was Radio City Hall, the night that I decided to go out and see my first Matt Rife show. What we have learned since then is very, very interesting. Okay. Very interesting. But I went through a solo. I didn't do a mailbag. I just kind of gave it like my perspective of the incident. Took a little time off, just took a week. I had a ski trip planned way before any of that happened. So the timing of it was perfect. But between then, that last recording, which I did Tuesday, and the event was on Sunday night, between then and now, the dynamic shift of my reality has been oh, just mind-blowing, okay? Sometimes I tend to forget what other people are up to. I worry about myself. I worry about those people in my inner circle. Uh, I, I'm not a person that's over worried about what somebody else is doing because again, I don't have time for that. And I wasn't raised that way. We were raised to just, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you don't like somebody, you just don't bother with them. The world is a big place. This is me. If you've read my second book, The Life Back, you will understand this. If you haven't, you can read it. You can listen to the audio version, but the opening chapter is what you really need to dig into. If you just read that one chapter, all this is going to make a lot more sense. So as I proceed to go about kind of processing all of the information of what took place that last Sunday before I recorded on that Tuesday, 
I also knew that on Thursday, I would be going into Sapphire to record Lisa Ann's backstage combos. I go in every Thursday. And I thought about it and I reached out to Andrew and I was like, you know what? Let me do a solo. Because what I want to do is I want to do the next 48 hours. This was Tuesday after I recorded the episode solo of the Lisa Ann Experience, my podcast here. And I wanted to really write down and journal my thoughts of the whole process of when something kind of out of left field happens and you've got to get right back on track because you have events, you know, being a person in the public eye, being a person who's responsible for other people, the people that work with me and for me, being someone that has this level, there's no just like, Hey, I'm just going to kick back and not do anything for a couple of days. So you have to almost put your emotions and feelings completely aside and stay with what's essential. And I'll tell you, one of my favorite books is essentialism. Because essentialism is so helpful in the spot where when you're feeling uncomfortable, it's very easy to have anxious thoughts pile on. Those anxious thoughts will be like, I have to do this and I really just need to lay down. You know, I'm really stressed about this and I have to do this. And so essentialism taught me, think about what's essential. So of course, I immediately started to jot in this journal of like, okay, I have Kay arriving on Thursday. Kay and I are going to shoot wine content at all of the locations in the city that shoot my that sell my wine. From those, I've got to kind of map out how we're going to get to each one. We're going to be shooting some at night. Sapphire is going to let Bruce drive me in the in the big beautiful van, take me to and from each location. The next night we'd go out again. So I knew I was juggling these things, and I also knew I had my wine event at Williamsburg Wine and Liquor coming up on Saturday the 10th. I had my Super Bowl party, the big game, the big game party at Sapphire. And I had to do my big game picks for Las Vegas Sapphire. So I wrote down the things where other people are relying on me. Pretty much everything else can take a backseat for this moment. And as I'm writing it down and I'm thinking about the proper way to process what I can just consider as chaos, it's very common for somebody to be like, oh, this is when I'm going to do shots. This is when I'm going to go to the bar. You know, when you see people drinking aggressively, they're like, I had a, a really bad day. I'm just the opposite. When I have something really bad happen, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need to go to a couple extra hyperbaric chamber treatments. I am going to cryo every day. I am going to book a massage. I'm going to eat nothing but healthy food. I'm going to get extra rest. And I'm going to just kind of bubble wrap myself so that the chaos can kind of kind of dissipate and I can really focus on me. And I can really focus on being strong for the essential things that I had to do because I knew after the big game party at Sapphire 60, I was flying out West to ski with my best friend for the week. So I was like, I just need to get to the finish line. The finish line is going to be the airport where I'm going to get a great sleep until I get out West and I'm going to ski and be in nature and be with friends and be with their dogs and, and just be in a space where I'm like, none of this is really that big of a deal. So as I'm journaling what I want to talk about on the solo podcast that I did for Lisa Ann's Backstage Combos, which you should really listen to because I don't want to repeat it here. You can go there and listen. You can understand the stages, the five steps of things that I realized I automatically put into my life to help me process the chaos, 
stay calm, stay focused, and look forward. Because what's the point of looking back? You know, I don't want to live in my rearview mirror. I want to be looking forward. So with that said, if you want to go and listen to that episode, that episode was recorded on Thursday. And the reason I'm giving these dates and these days with such specifics is because it's very important in the story that I'm going to tell. So Sunday is the event. Tuesday is when I record the least and experience the last episode you have. Thursday is Sapphire. By Thursday, I already had numerous messages from people giving me tips, giving me hints, giving me inside scoops. I was just starting to come around because I had done all of the things that I needed to do. I had to get my nails done before KCAM because we're going to be shooting content. We're going to be doing close-ups as I'm signing autographs in my books at Williamsburg Wine Liquor. There's nothing worse than a chip nail. So I'm going to have my nails and do all my things. Really didn't have a chance to really come up from just doing all of my things. Uh, hyperbaric, cryo, massage, all of that. And I know K is coming on Thursday. I'm going to do the podcast. And as soon as I'm done with the podcast, I'm going home to wait for K. Perfect. But in that time frame, people started to reach out. And I found it interesting that people that were not connected with each other were coming back to me with the same scenario. And what also happened between Sunday and Tuesday was I started to feel that suffocation that I felt in that chapter of my book, The Life Back. I started to feel that pressure. Almost like I can feel the vibrations of people just plain hating on me. And I'm like, you know, this is just so sus. Like, I want to say this was a misunderstanding, but I've been to Radio City a ton of times. I got Matt's general apology. It's just, just sus, but I'm just trying to get over it and not think anything more of it. Next thing you know, I get this strange phone call. I never answer weird phone calls, do any of us, but it didn't go to one of those that it's a spam and it doesn't ring. It comes through and it rings and it's 212. And I'm like, well, you know, I have a bunch of cop friends in the city working on this for me and finding out what they can find out. Maybe it's one of them. Okay, I'm going to answer it. And it's this weird automated says it's Amazon and I have to press something for this charge to go through. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Okay. Hell no pressing something. I was right. Here we go. Okay. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is what I've done in the past. I I, I know what's happening right now. I know because my information was on model releases in the industry and everybody has access to everything about me, my social, my last name, my mother's been everything. I now know, okay, been through this before, have had everything hacked. Let's go. So as I'm calling my credit card, I'm logging into my credit card. As I'm logging into my credit card, I just see ping, 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 charges dropping, dropping, dropping. And I'm like on Holt. Okay. Right away, able to sever the tie with that first charge, able to cancel the card. At this point, I'm like, must cancel everything. Somebody is unhappy with the fact that I am not devastated over what had happened. Somebody listened to my podcast. Because when I release my podcast, I mentioned earlier, it's usually a Wednesday morning, 12.01 a.m. But this one, because it was so important, I said to Kay, you know what, Kay? Let's rock this thing out. As soon as you're done editing, pop this bitch up there, okay? Somebody needs to hear. Somebody heard that I was not on the edge enough. Somebody heard that it was not dark enough for me. Somebody heard that the pain I they wanted me to feel was not being felt. And that I had just written this off as a misadventure. 
and that I was already over it and that I was already moving forward and that I wasn't going to cancel my events and I was still going to have the big game and I was still going to have my liquor store event. Hmm. Now somebody's got their pennies in a bunch. What can I do? Let me do some old shit that I used to do to her. Let me mess up her credit. Let me go to her credit cards. <laughs> Everybody. Also, the reminder that I made two major mistakes will come up soon. So I'm like, okay, here we are. I did mention on my podcast that I was traveling. So this is such an inconvenient time to have to cancel credit cards. And somebody knows that I'm canceling credit cards. I'm not accepting these charges. This is done. Now I'm like, okay, this is fine. Okay. Step aside for a little bit. I'm going to go down and work out. I'm going to get a little, you know, get a little exercise, do my thing, not look at my phone for an hour. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when I don't look at my phone for an hour? Ping, 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 ping. Attacks on all social media. Videos that I have had up on TikTok for over a year were reported. I was giving a warning. You eventually go into TikTok jail where you can't earn any money. Okay, fine. This is what somebody's doing. Somebody is spending this kind of time doing that. Okay, great. Instagram. I had a photo of me in bed dressed with the bottom of my feet. Somebody reported it enough times that Instagram not only took down, they flagged and they took away my earning potential. So now I can't earn for whether it's 30, 60, 90 days, whatever. Okay. Okay. What's next? This continues. So now you're in heightened alert because now you're afraid when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you need to do is look at all your social and find out if somebody has gotten you in enough trouble that you don't have your page anymore. And as I sat there, I thought, okay, well, now that I know what I'm dealing with, let me really retrace back. Let me really think about this. Let me go to all of the people that have sent me strange messages that I didn't really connect the dots and see what this is about. I go back and I realize the first couple of messages that were sent to me with this warning, with this person that hates me, that by the way, we have a top three list. When I say we, it's me and my team. We have a top three list. I have it narrowed down to one, but we have a top three list. And look, on the top three list, my team is very smart to have this one person on that I've never met, but that hates me with such intensity, does YouTube videos about me, just hates me. And that same person will then have people email me asking me to have them as a guest on my podcast. Like it's just levels of psychosis that everyone's on heightened security about this person. Okay. I could say maybe, but you know, I know this pattern. I've been through this before. I've tasted this vino. Okay. I know what's next. I know how it's going to go. Then I go back and I realize those first couple of messages, everyone said the same thing. Lisa, you never tell people where you're going unless it's a work event. You never give the specifics, the times, the location, unless it's a work event. You made a major error the day of the Matt Rife show. You went on an IG live in the afternoon and stated that you were going to the show. It was then that somebody who hates you made sure to try to humiliate you through some connect that they have. Now I'm going and I'm collecting these messages and kind of putting them all into a doc so that I could keep them because they're all coming in from different platforms. I get a message from a friend in Australia, Australia, across the globe that says, I am so sorry that these people hate you so much that they are doing whatever they can to make your life miserable. 
I'm like, okay, across the globe, who is yakety, yakety, yakety? People are talking. People are talking. People are bragging. People are happy. People think this is great. So I kind of sit back. Okay. All right. Here we are. Let's just see what's next. Let's see what, and it's been a continuous since. It's been the social media attacks. It's been the reporting of every individual photo and video that I've put. So here's the thing. Someone's just trying to rain on my parade. And ironically, I have an umbrella. I have multiple umbrellas. I live in a city that if you get caught in the rain, umbrellas come out from street vendors' tables. The same guy that was just selling ski caps and gloves flips it around and brings out the umbrellas, the bonnets, all the things to keep you dry. I also have to say thank you because each time this happens, it brings me closer to the greatest things about my existence. Let's talk about number one. In all of the time that somebody spends trolling, reporting, hating, trying to inconvenience, I'm thriving. You're making more room for my success. You're making me have a step up because see, I'm not wasting my time down here in low vibration. I am just elevating, 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 elevating and growing. So thank you because your time that you put into this really takes away from you being any close competition or anything that could even be in my space, whether it's mentally, whether it's financially, whether it's whatever it may be. So thank you. I also thank you because each time these things happen, I do a lot better with my social media. I'm a lot more consistent. I put a lot more thought into it because I I'm not going to let someone else win. And these little nudges remind me that I have a lot going on to be proud of. And it makes me go through my phone and all the content that I have from Better Haves and from my podcast and from all my travels and from the amazing events that I get to do all over the globe. And so it makes me actually a lot more attentive because I'm afraid. So I'm constantly going on to every single, now that I have all these platforms that I barely use, like Blue Sky, Clap, Threads, like all of these, I got to check them all, right? Because it makes me better. I'd also like to say thank you for acknowledging the fact that I'm somewhere you want to be because people don't spend their time prodding at others if they're where they want to be. That's just a sad, sad state of affairs. So once this sifts now, I'm like, okay, my very final part of the thank you is as soon as Kay arrived, I felt a lot more comfortable going out and doing everything and seeing everybody. You know, I was doing my stuff stuff, my healthy stuff, my my wellness stuff. But on the very first day that Kay and I had some time to walk through the park, we heard someone playing music and it was beautiful. And I stopped and listened for a moment. And then I went over and Kay had never seen the little carts with like the roasted almonds and stuff. Kay was like, oh my gosh, this smells so good. I'm like, let me get you some. As we're checking out, as we're standing there getting those nuts for Kay, Chase comes over. Chase is the man we were listening to play music in the park. Chase comes over and says, Lisa, I don't want to intrude, but I just want to say, I'm sorry to see what happened to you the other night. 
and I see you in here and you're always cool. And, and I was like, what's your name? My name's Chase. We talk, we storytell, move on. That was the beginning of, I'd say a couple hundred people that I've never met before in my life that I walk by regularly, that I cross paths with, or that I've never crossed paths with up until just the other day. I ran to drop some orders off at the post office and I was walking back and a guy walked by me and I smiled just because, and he looked at me and goes, Lisa, I hope you're good. And I said to him, I'm good. Thanks for asking. And he was like, good. And we just both kept walking. This brought me so much closer with my city. It brought me so much closer with strangers. It also let me know that most of the people that I thought did not know who I was, know who I am, and see me everywhere, kind of look out for me. When it came to my building, and when it came to the people that I do business with in the city, dry cleaner, post office, everyone was so appalled that I had this experience that everyone made me feel more love than I have ever felt since I've ever lived anywhere. I have never felt so supported. Uh, I have never felt like more people were like, that was the most unnecessary. I don't know what happened, but no one really needed to hear my side of the story. Everyone said that I know said the same thing. Like, we know you, we've never seen you out of sorts. You know, you're always, you know, doing the right thing. You're, you know, this, we know you. Friends of mine that had their friends that have never met me reach out, that had read stories that got twisted to, I assaulted a police officer, which again, if I did, I would have actually been arrested, which I wasn't. There were then that it was a drunken disorderly. Again, I would have been arrested, but I wasn't because I wasn't drunk. But friends of mine were like, when they had their friends going, well, could she have been drunk like that? Friends of mine have been like, I've been out with her for years. I've never seen her out of sorts like that. Especially not like at 8.30 on a Sunday, like in Radio City, her favorite place. So all of my people, this really emphasized how they see me. So I feel very seen. I feel very loved. I feel very cared for. And that made these attacks that I know are going to last until whatever, whenever, They've gone on in times in my life for months. They've gone on for longest span was a year. And I let them win that year. I was a shut-in for that year. You got y'all won. That's not happening again. So we're good. Like I already did that part. Okay. I'm not doing that again. But it really, really put this exclamation point on my happiness and my comfort, my feeling of safety, my feeling of well-being, and my feeling of understanding that. I mentioned one of the people is somebody that I never met before, which yes, that's hella weird, but people have parasocial relationships and become, you know, whatever. But the other people, the other two I have met and I have not seen in seven, eight years. If you are carrying a grudge with someone that you have not even crossed paths with in the physical space in seven or eight years, that is something that you may want to go and talk to somebody about. That is definitely a heavy you thing. And it's not a me thing, but it's common. And as you're going through something, you have all of the people in your life that have gone through something similar also reach out. They have a stronger sense of empathy, whether they're still dealing with it. It can be anything from having your identity stolen. Like that's a horrible thing for any of you who've gone through that, you know, um, one of my agents just went through that last year when he started to tell me the story. I was like, oh my gosh, that is awful. Like, I know what an inconvenience these things are. They are not days in your life. They are months. They are carrying extra paperwork. They are, they are exhausting. So everyone who has been through something reached out. Everyone I cross paths with 
reached out. And then in my normal spaces, as Kay and I went out to shoot this content, Thursday night, we hit all three locations for the Sapphire. We started in Times Square. We went over to 39th Street. We went to 60th. Bruce drove us around in the big van. It was amazing. We had a great time. Friday, we went down to Ombra in the uh, in Lower East Side and we shot there. We went over to Bill's and we shot there. We did all of our spots. And as I was landing in spots, my people were seeing me and they're like, hey, you good? Everyone was just, my New York friends that know me really well were just like, you good? I'm like, I'm good. Because they know, I'm, 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 but they also know what I've already been through. They know I'm stronger than that. But again, these things really these things really backfire. And I'm going to close this really here and say this for anyone out there who has felt the urge to try and be part of the demise of someone else. Please don't let me see you putting on your social media that you're sad when somebody is pushed to the edge and potentially does something harmful to themselves. Because these are always the same people that come out. I know who you are. So these are the same people that come out. Because you're trying to push someone to the edge. This is intentionally what you're doing. I'm not alone. There's other people who are very successful that have been, and it, it definitely seems like it's more it, women go through this. I'm sure men do as well, but I think it's a little bit different. Women can really carry a grudge for a, a, a long period of time. But the fact that somebody is trying to rain on my parade and the fact that those people obviously forget that I not only have umbrellas, but I have access to umbrellas. Here's the real message. I'm peaking on all levels. I'm getting 25 million views a day on my IG since this took place. My numbers are up over 800% on every platform that I do business with. So who was the real winner here? Was it the person that decided we're going to humiliate this person so that they don't follow through with their events? Would you really think that I was going to go back into that place I went into 2015, 2016? Oh, hell no, everybody. I've been down that road. I went to it that way. Okay. We're not doing it that way. So the backfiring here is that this has been great for me. Uh, this has been absolutely great on every level because it gave me more confidence where I live. It made me feel safer in my community. It's given me more love from strangers and it has made me more connected with my friends than ever because my friends were there day one at talking to me on the phone, making sure I was good, making sure I was prepared for the potential of what I'm living in right now. What I'm living in right now is that fearful space where, yes, like I said, you got to check your social media constantly because you're like, okay, somebody's going to have me deleted completely. You have all of your people in precautionary mode, like, hey, credit could be hacked at any time. Watch all bank cards, please. Double verify all charges. All my credit cards, even if I'm spending $3, I have to get a text to approve the charge right now, okay? I'll do the steps. But one thing I won't do is be a quitter. And I will not let the emotional roller coaster that somebody would like me to be seated on and not be able to get off run my life. I just won't do it. I am here. I feel great. This was a random experience that surfaced. And now because of all the talking and all the information and me just doing this, I feel like I'm on one of those CSI shows where I feel like I want to get the big 
wall that's like a bulletin board and I could be like doing all the strings because I have over 400 messages from people on all different platforms that I've cut and pasted and put onto Word docs so that I could sync this all together from people giving me the little tidbits of what they know. People knew more about the situation than I did, which was incredibly ironic. With that said, once Kay arrived and we got to work, it was back to feeling good, but still feeling that I've got to find out what's going on. I can't run the risk here of being careless. I've got to go through. So what I did was I went through Instagram one night after the foot pick was deleted um, by being mass reported because the title that it came in and how it was deleted was like, also I've used that pick before. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to go back two years in my IG, which can take hours because you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're scrolling. And I've got to go back and I've got to delete any other photos with bare feet, with those feet, or at least with the, I think it's the bottom of my feet. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is, I guess, um, IG says that my feet are too sexy for IG. This is the way I'm going to look at it because we want to have some laughter here. We know what's happening. I can't control it. I can't prevent it. So what do I do? Extra precautionary measures. So I sat there and I went through it. I was like, okay, delete this, delete this, delete this, deleted a bunch of stuff. Same with TikTok. Go in there, delete a bunch of stuff. Like I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm uber, uber, uber care. But at the same time, when Kay was here, there were still those like, this is exhausting. It is exhausting operating your life at full capacity while still kind of trying to push away. You can't see it now because you're listening, but if you're on YouTube, you will see it. You're in this bubble and you feel it closing in on you. And through this time, you also gather other information of people who piled on and added negative comments that you thought were your friends. You're like, okay, lost some friends out of this. No problem. You are checked off the list. We're good here. We don't need, especially one of the people that piled on is like an anti-bullying activist and raises money for anti-bullying and was definitely a bully. But you know, that's supposed to be all okay. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be okay because in somebody's worst moment, what we really want to do is we want to make it worse. And then we want to put anti-bullying in our captions on social media. We want to raise money for anti-bullying, but we want to be a bully. We don't know what side of the mouth we're talking out of most of the time in this space that we're living in right now because everybody feels the need to be a part of absolutely everything. And so the piling on, completely unnecessary, but noted. So when Kay was here, I knew once the big came happened, I was going to be with my friends at, the, at, at, at Sapphire. Now, have made an, a rule. There will be no public drinking. And when my best friend listened to the podcast, that was one of the first things she talked to me about. And I said, I may change that rule down the road, but as for right now, I have to be in a heightened security situation. I have to be incredibly paranoid and untrusting of anyone. I can't risk even having a cup. I am too afraid someone's going to drop it, something in it. So I will bottled water at places that have bottled water so I can keep my lid. And guess what? If they don't have a lid and they don't, I just will not drink anything when I'm somewhere. That is going to be the MO for a period of time because I know this will fizzle. Eventually the person, these people will find someone else and they'll come back to me as they always do. They're very loyal. Uh, but for now, why not? Why not tread lightly? Why not be extra careful? Nothing wrong with that. But Kay kept reminding me like, look, you get to go skiing for 
three, four days after this is over and you're going to get back from that trip. You're going to feel amazing. You're going to get a good break. And then when I was getting back from that trip, I was going to work on a project in Philadelphia that I have been in the speaking part of for years. We just got really serious about the planning a little over a year ago. Um, And it has been a long time coming. And as I sit here with you right now, I just got off the train an hour before I started recording this podcast from Philly, from finishing that job that now will be going through the editing stages. I can't tell you any more about it, but when you actually get to see it, you are going to love it. It is a passion project of mine. It means a lot to me to share uh, the words and the messaging in this project. It means a lot to me to be a part of these types of things. So I knew that not only was I going to get to ski, but I was coming back to finish a project that I had been diligently talking to people about since 2015 and planning for an exact year. And I was such a big part of the planning. I pulled all of the other people together that were a part of it. Like there was a lot of coordinating. And so I knew I was going to get a little break and I was going to come back and do that project. And now I sit here right now feeling so good because at any time after that misadventure, I could have been weak and canceled everything. Would have been acceptable. Who would have said if your mental health is not strong, if you don't feel well, if this is bothering you, if you're paranoid, if you're anxious, no, I am a bit more anxious and everyone around me will see it. And my friends that saw it before and then got to watch it go away and would say to me, oh my gosh, you're so much more chill. Like I have to tell them like, hey, I'm kind of back there. I'm going to be there for a minute. It's not going to be as intense. I know how to regulate it, but You'll have to just be patient with me. It's not the most pleasant time to be around me because I'm pretty much afraid of everybody, but we've been through this before. We'll go through this again. We're going to be fine. Knowing that I didn't cancel anything, knowing that even Kay was like, Kay, if you don't feel like shooting the content, like Kay, we've had this trip booked for six weeks. This is the plan. This is what we're doing. We are going to make this happen. Sometimes staying busy is a little bit better than just being too heavy in your own thoughts. That doesn't mean that I didn't take time during this, this, this adventure, misadventure, to think, also to journal, also to share the five steps that I go through when chaos does ensue. And I shared those five sets, those five steps on Lisa Ann's Backstage Convos, which is on YouTube, which is, you can listen to it. It's my podcast with Sapphire, but I shared those steps. So it doesn't mean I'm in denial because I stay busy, but it also doesn't mean I'm going to let other people blow up my shit. So look, I am not asking you to keep coming at me. I do understand that you listen to my podcast. You do watch my every move. I do think that's weird. It's just weird. If you were only hate watching something, that's a bigger you problem than a me problem, but it's also scary because these are the people that go and hurt people, right? This is something that I then have to have those talks with my friends. Are you afraid? Of course I'm afraid. I'm always fucking afraid when people go wacky like this. Who could not be afraid that somebody could sit and report a photo a thousand times to get it deleted? How could I not be somewhat afraid of the ticking time bomb behind the fools that have nothing better in their lives that makes them happy than the demise of someone else. Obviously, those people are a little fucking scary, okay? But what's scarier is allowing them to win. What's scarier is the success they would have achieved had I said, I can't do the 8,000 things I have planned immediately after this incident. 
It's not how I roll. And I'm not doing it. So I canceled nothing, had a kick-ass ski trip, came back from the ski trip on Friday, 10.30 in the morning land, going to get into the city, do my stuff, dry bar, you know, all the little things that I do, nap. I have a Zoom, couple Zoom meetings, and then I was at Belt Fridays for Friday night at midnight. Midnight to 4 a.m. The spot is open. It is popping the entire time. I had a great time. Jocelyn Jane went with me. We rode out from the city together, did that, came back, only had another day turnaround. And then I'm going, then I was going to Philly to finalize work on this project that I'm so proud of. So it's been a go, 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 go. But that in between the ski trip where I get out West, my best friend picks me up. We have a good talk. Uh, I finally decided this was going to be, be the year I am skiing enough again that I should have some of my own gear. Like I was only skiing, you know, maybe four to six times a year. I was like, you know, you don't, it's a pain in the ass to have skis and take them on a plane. But the fact that I was renting boots and a helmet really kind of hit me. It's disgusting. And I'm skiing enough and it will make me ski more. And I knew that my girlfriend has been living in an area that's all nature, all skiing, and so it has a great shop to go to. And of course, anything where you're somewhere else is going to be cheaper than New York. As a matter of fact, I didn't want to buy a new ski jacket, but I see this beautiful jacket. Full price was only $200. And the guy's like, oh, it's 30% off as well. I'm like, this is, st- I have to buy it now. In New York, this jacket would be $500. So got my boots, got my helmet, got a bag to carry everything. It fits all my winter gear so I can just store it so easy. And then we started. We did three different mountains in three days. First day was an hour some away, a beautiful drive. There's enough fresh snow, but the roads are really clear. Uh, And we get up there and I love skiing during the week. And I also love going early. A lot of the slopes open out west nine o'clock in the morning. You know what? Yes, older people like to do things early in the morning. We sure do because there aren't any young people out there snowboarding yet. But there were so many runs, at this beautiful, beautiful spot that we had places where maybe one person was on the run with us. None. We did it. No lift lines. And I thought like the first run, when you're adjusting to altitude and like your first run of the season, anyone out there that skis, anyone out there that does marathons, anyone out there that does something that you don't do for a period of time, your first one, you're like miserable. I was like, this is awful. I'm, I'm trying to catch my breath. And my girlfriend was laughing because she had warmed up. She'd been skiing for a couple of weeks already. And she's like, yo, my first run was brutal. I didn't think I was going to make it through the run. And then once you get in the lift again, get some fresh air, you get back up there, you're adjusted. And so we just skied our asses off. We skied, we got back to the house, we sat in a hot tub. We went then from the hot tub to the infrared sauna. My girlfriend had made my recipe, a split pea soup for us. Like these are the normal, wholesome, regular things that just feed my soul. Just make me feel like all the work I do is worth it. Because I just want to have time off with my friends and do outdoor activities and eat good food and go to, we'd lay and watch TV together at night. We'd go to bed early though, because we were getting up early and skiing every day. Just awesome. Uh, And you know, for somebody who it's just different, whether they have dogs. So the second day was Valentine's day and we're going to do a cross country ski lesson. Now, mind you, I'm a good skier. I did fall though, four times cross country skiing. Our instructor was intense. Great guy. 
His name was Herb. Uh, Herb was great, but Herb also told us that the conditions were like one of the worst days ever to try and cross country because it was windy and it was like this wet, icy snow that was like whipping us in the face. And the skis are so narrow and lightweight. And he wanted us to stay in these tracks, but I didn't really love the tracks. So I was outside of the tracks and your skis can just get tangled. He would come up alongside me and somehow we'd just fall over. At one point, I fell over and my girlfriend and I were laughing so hard that my goggles filled up with water from my tears. Okay. Now I'm laughing so hard. My goggles are filled up with water and you know, goggles have those nice absorption sponges around the face so that they suction onto your face nicely and they don't leave, they leave marks, but they're soft, right? Now these things are wet from my tears and not only are they wet, they are Sticking to my face, which is dealing with the, and we're laughing even harder. I mean, we laughed our asses off. Then day three, back up again. We're on our first lift, nine o'clock in the morning, went to a closer slope that day, all different locations, nothing but nature, nothing but hanging out, just enjoying ourselves. It was exactly what I needed to do to fill the tank to make sure when I came back, I could rock felt Fridays. I could head out to Philly and give my best to this project that I'm so incredibly proud of. So the goodness continued to like go down the slopes with us and come back here with me to share with you the kind of recovery phase of chaos will ensue. It's how I handle it. And my friend, Bob Harris, who I do think listens to the pod, shout out Bob Harris. We know we all love you. Bob's like, listen, Lisa, just remember it's 10% of what happens and 90% of how you handle it. And that is the real message is knowing that that's right. Can't, cannot, cannot control what other people are going to do. We can't, we can only control how we process the information that's given to us. And I think out of all the times where someone decided to rattle my cage, this may be one of my best, my smoothest. And believe me, I'm as I'm recording this and I'm 42 seconds in, all I can think about is, is my Instagram still there? And are my social media accounts okay? And has my bank been hacked? Like this is going to be the constant craziness in my mind because this is what somebody wants. It's okay. Because those thoughts are going to happen. And it's just me being aware of them. I'm not in denial. I'm not burying my head. But what I am doing is I'm coming right here with you to thrive. I'm coming right here to you to say, we're all going to go through life and know that a very funny expression an old friend used to say to me all the time was, sometimes life is just a shit sandwich and you got to make it palatable enough to eat. He would always say that and I would always look at him like I didn't get it. And then later in life, I got it. And now I actually use it. You should use Ticket Rev because you can get tickets and as a buyer, you're going to pay no fees. Who wants to pay fees? We don't even want to pay shipping. We will order $5 more items when it's $99 for free shipping and your bill is only $92. So let's face it, we're all in that same thing. None of us want to pay fees. You also can customize how you purchase a ticket on the app. So download the Ticket Rev app. If you want to learn more about it before you download the app, you can go to TicketRev.com. You can follow Ticket Rev on all social platforms at Ticket Rev and their Instagram and TikTok really, really informative of kind of learning the things that are changing in this space of tickets, the laws, the, remember we had, we had that huge ordeal 
Taylor Swift tickets last year and Ticketmaster. And so learning about what's changing, cost comparisons, all those things, really informative. I love the guy that they have uh, doing all their socials. So check him out at TicketRev on all social media. And for yourself, do something with your people, uh, just like I got to do with mine. Stop buying gifts. It's just better to do stuff together. You can go to a game. You can go to a show. Whatever you want to do. Baseball season is here. And uh, Ticket Rev has a great, great situation going on with MLB. So you'll want to know all about that. So go to TicketRev.com to learn more. And now that I have rambled on with you for two back-to-back solo episodes of my podcast and also a solo episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Combos, it's time for me to actually talk to you in the mailbag. If you want to get involved, send your emails to asklisaann at gmail.com. Please do not ask me out because I think that's really strange uh, that somebody just sends an email with their phone number to dinner and I get hundreds of those a week. And it's weird because like, I don't even know what that person looks like, who they are, but but, you know, it's just not how it works. You're not shopping for another human. You actually need to meet people and put in some effort and writing an email shows no effort right here at the time that you've all been waiting for the mailbag. Again, if you'd like to be a part of the mailbag, you can hit me at asklisaann at gmail.com. We've got one here, subject matter, future podcast. Miguel says, hi, Miss Lisa. Thank you so much for answering my comment. I've been a fan and watch all of your podcast videos. And my question for you is this, what would you say is the hardest part of starting a podcast from your experience? And what would you say is the best way to start a podcast? Thank you again, Miss Lisa, for your time to answer me. So much love and respect for you and everything you do. Miguel, XOXO. Well, uh, I'm going to go with the second question first. The best way to start a podcast is to just start a podcast. Not to email somebody, not to do anything other than if you want to start a podcast, you cannot start anything until you actually start it. So the longer you talk about it, probably the longer it's going to take for you to start it. If you're asking other people about it, you are buying time. You are procrastinating. You are hoping that somebody hands you some magical piece of information that's going to make your job way easier than theirs was. That's not the case. Hard work is exactly what it is. Hard work and hard work and success align very well. But if you don't want to work hard, the success doesn't really align. doesn't come naturally. When you say, what is the hardest part of starting a podcast? Um, I think for someone who doesn't have a following, it's probably a lot harder to share it because you don't have that many followers. But really, I didn't find anything um, hard about starting a podcast because I've been in this space. So I think it's very different for everyone. You got to find out what's going to be your niche, what's going to make your podcast unique, and how you're going to brand and promote your podcast. Thank you, Miguel. Next one is from Robert. Robert says, In your new career, what's the biggest mistake you feel you ever made? If you could change it, how would you? I was asked this in an interview last week and it stumped me. Well, then we're in the same spot, Robert, because it stumps me too. Uh, I can't think of what I would consider a mistake. And I'm going to do a special episode of um, kind of entrepreneurship and success and failure, because I think people think a mistake should be the same as failure and a failure is a mistake, but sometimes a mistake puts you in the right direction and it, it makes you so much better because that mistake is something you won't make before. And you learn from it. We learn from mistakes when it comes to failure, you can be failing at something, 
but still winning in the same category. That example is going to be explained in this special episode that I'm going to do in a month or so, but I'm writing the notes for it right now because I'm in a current situation that is very similar and I'm going to break it down. But I don't really think there's a mistake that I can say, Robert, that defines anything that I wish I would have done different. I have been pounding away at my new career and staying consistent with the level of work that I put in, the level of time I put into my social media, and the level of effort that I put in with everybody that I do things with. So I can't put my finger on one, which is probably why you couldn't put your finger on one, Robert, because you see it the same way. Mistakes are how we learn. And if we all did everything right, what would we all be doing? Uh, We'd have no good stories to tell when we get together with our friends because our mistakes are always our favorite. It's always the silly, clumsy things we do that we share with such laughter. So thanks for the email, Robert. Last but not least, we've got a query. Jonas says, good day, Lisa Ann. I am chatting with a certain Lisa Ann on Telegram. Ba-dum-bum. I would like to know if the Lisa Ann account in the attached screenshots is really yours. But I'm bum. Thanks. Jonas, I'm really sorry. Uh, I do not have a telegram. Uh, I do not private message anyone. So for those out there, and I can only imagine right now at this very moment, let's all stop our brains and realize there's a guy messaging somebody and he's believing it's me. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here talking to you. This thought that someone wants to talk to a stranger is bizarre to me. What would make a celebrity? What would make a person? What would make a doctor? What would make a lawyer? What would make somebody who's incredibly busy? What would make them want to reach out to an absolute stranger they've never met before and start a conversation on any sort of platform, DM, uh, Telegram, whatever it may be? What is it that people think that makes that a possibility. Because if the exchange is going back and forth, I believe Jonas, definitely, probably having a long-term conversation. Hopefully Jonas did not send money. Uh, Hopefully Jonas has not been scammed. But we know this is happening. But we also have to take accountability, have some self-awareness. Is it the scammer's fault or is it this person getting scammed's fault? When we watched the Tinder swindler, what did we think? We felt both parties took blame. The Tinder swindler was scamming these women because he also lied to them and said he was wealthy. And so these women got attached to him because he was wealthy, even though he never showed them wealth. And then he did this pyramid scam where he was getting money from one for the other. And then was just moving money around, but none of the money was his. And he was scamming money from these women. And, and then these women, I get it. It's sad. They went through this. But first of all, why are you sending money to people on the internet? Secondly. They're both in the wrong. You have to be more accountable when you're on the internet and know that most likely the interaction that you're having is not happening in real time and know that you could be getting scammed and know that that person is probably not interested in talking to strangers. That person, that person being me, probably has their own friends. Yes, I do. Probably doesn't have enough time to stay connected with everybody. That is true. Would not be taking time away from a friend that I have friendship that I've known for years that I've built that I love to talk to a stranger. So reeling it in, I always remind everybody, I do take down Tuesdays every Tuesday. I'm always reminding my followers, making my community aware of the scams on the internet, but I'm not private messaging anybody. I don't even answer my DMs. Okay. I just don't have that kind of time. If I were to answer DMs on all of my platforms, I'd be committing about 10 hours a day. 
The only place I answer my DMs is on my Lisa and fans account because that account, people pay to be a member to that account. And that is where I can earn an income for actually answering messages. I will do that because that then becomes a job. But to just volunteer my time for 10 hours a day to talk to strangers, just weird. It's a little unrealistic. We're all out here on these streets trying to raise money for our retirements. We're all trying to make sure we have all the shit we need. Nothing in this world is getting cheaper. I'm on my hustle. You're on your hustle. We're staying on our hustle. So don't be misled into thinking that somebody that you like in a larger space is DMing you, messaging you and on, on these with you. Do not give money to strangers on the internet. And please, everyone, be careful. I don't private message. Uh, I don't have a telegram. And I'm super sorry, Jonas. Everybody else, lots of great stuff coming up, and you can find it all on my IG, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Everything is the same. The real Lisa Ann. What's not the same is that one account for my wine that is Lisa by Lisa Ann on Instagram. Easily find that there. If you're interested in my books, you can find them anywhere on audio version. You can buy them autographed from my store at shoplisaann.com. That is my first book, The Life, my second book, The Life Back. The moral of today's story is I'm still here. I'm always going to be here. I will continue to thrive. I have a drive and a motivation to live my absolute best life and be a positive impact on the people that I interact with. I do know that I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And I also do know that some people have nothing better to do but to bully, harass, antagonize, attack, and do what they can to make others that others being myself, as miserable as they are. It's just not happening. There's nothing that you could do that would do that for me. I've already lost my family relationships over. I've lost everything over bullying. I do not have a relationship with my family over bullying. Like, I don't have, there's nothing you can take from me at this point. My friends love me. My building loves me. My city loves me. People came to me that I haven't spoken to in years to tell me they love me after this situation. So it's going to last as long as it lasts. And I'm just going to continue to do all the things that I do with such a level of gratitude that I actually get to do them and that you're here. To all of you, I appreciate you being here, following me. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I will see you Friday night at 8 p.m. for our YouTube live premiere. I'm going to be there because we got a lot to catch up on. I've got ski things to talk to my community about and fun things to talk to you about. And I want to hear, I want to see in real time what everybody has to say about this misadventure and what I have come to terms with. Because I know that the more I talk about it, the more things are going to sit back to me. And we're going to narrow these three people down to one. And guess what? When I find out who it is, what am I going to do about it? Absolutely nothing. I'm not going to do anything other than maybe light a candle at St. Patrick's and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whoever hurt you because I am bleeding from somebody else's cut. There's no way I could have hurt you enough to carry a grudge for this many years. There's no reason to be in such a low energy space that your only drive in life is to hurt others. There's no reason for that. If that's the space that you live, it's a sad space to be. And I'm super sorry for you. That is not the space me, my community, or the people closest to my heart will ever be. I will not allow it. I'd also like to say a little rest in peace for Cagney Lynn Carter. Uh, we've lost another angel in the industry. I just got the news yesterday. I just got to see Cagney a couple of months ago at Sapphire when she was in town in New York featuring 
we had a good talk about she had opened a pole studio in Ohio and it didn't work out, but that she had just bought a home and had a new boyfriend and was happy. Um, you never know how these things are, what someone might be going through. So for me, who's being absolute tortured to be pushed to where I think somewhere else, someone else is. I looked at a sweet woman like Cagney and did not think that she had that kind of pain in her heart. So sending you a ton of love and I'm hoping that she is at peace and that she says hello to Jesse Jane and all of those that we've lost so recently. So hug your loved ones, make sure you're checking in on your people and rest in peace, Cagney Lynn Carter. To all of you, thank you so much for being here with me. I can't wait to see you Friday night at 8 p.m. All new episode of Elisa Ann Experience. 